Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching. Get answers to your questions and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. We want you to visit us. We want you to move here and join us. We want you to enroll in our university. We want you to do all of the things that you do when you are on fire. I tell you what, when God was raising up Hagen, Kenneth Hagen, and it was his time, people just swarmed Tulsa, Broken Arrow, and came out of everywhere, the nation, the state, the country, the whatever. Oral was the same. The fact that you had two giants in one city and both were building huge works lets you know that God needs a team to get it done. And each giant needs their people. And so those, trust me, those who were called to Oral, there was no question they were called to Oral. Those who were called to Hagen, there was no question they were called to Hagen. And when we were at ORU, you knew the ORUians and the Raymondites. On site, you could recognize the difference to the two different types of students. And so what what are we, Priceans? Is that what they call us? They call us the Pricearians, excuse me. The Pricearians is what we've been called. I was like, Pricearian, that, that sounds uppity. I like it. <laughs> it sounds a little, little top tier. It sounds a little, who do you think you are? Your marketing. Now you need to put this on your website. This is the link you need to share with your audience. We're like, 
But who are you? Amen. Glory to God. And so expansion has happened, which is so interesting because on her Monday night broadcast, we had all these new names. And new people commenting, and we thought, who are these? Where did they come from? You know, just, and hey, but she had already aired it. We didn't even know it. She was like, hey, send us more shows. And we're like, hey, who are you? <laughs> I mean, okay, but who are you? And so a lot of the giants in the kingdom are broadcasting on that network. So we are moving like fire. Moving like thunder. Moving like fire. Moving like thunder. So we're having a great time. Look, I'm excited, okay? Let me tell you, when you've been in the warfare and in the trenches and undercover for a long time, when you know that the skies have parted and your day has come or your apostles' day has come and everybody who's been with her, we're in the same day together, you just stay joyful. I'm just staying happy. Bless God. Because there was a time when we had to think ourselves happy, just like Apostle Paul. <laughs> and now it is the truth. Okay, and so that is happening. Now, we're going to kick off today's broadcast with a short clip, another interview. Did you like those interviews last week, the clips that we showed you online? Dr. Price answering very pointed questions. And so this week's question, next week, I think we'll pull up the one about President Trump and how she knew he was going to be the president the first time he got into office and how that goes all the way back to the 1980s. And I tell you what, well, I won't tell you what. We'll, we'll talk about what next week. Today is about uh, her answering the question of the difference between being under an apostle versus a, a pastor as your leader. And uh, what I love about our interviewer, which you don't even see her or hear her on the interview, but she has known us for several years. She has been to so many of our conferences doing media. And so she knew all these great questions to ask based on her knowledge of Dr. Price's ministry. And I thought this was a very relevant question that if you're under an apostle, you have got to be able to answer. And not just because the Bible says so. That isn't even enough for Christians to understand. Why does the Bible say so? Why is it the way it is? And that works, you know, for little kids because I said so. When they get older, it's... But please, and wise parents want to instill the wisdom of their decision in their older children. When they're younger, they can't go, you just do what I say. We're establishing relationships. Mommy, daddy, boss, you not. Period. No matter how intense you are, how hard your tantrum is, how whatever is, and then once they get to that age, you instill that wisdom, and they still challenge you, you go back to because I said so. And you know why I said so. And so the body of Christ now uh, is the fruit of people who could not give God's wisdom because we shut down those offices, the apostles, the prophets, and we dismiss them. Then after that, you discredit, and on and on and on it goes. So when people do hear it, they're like, mm, but are you even authentic? They can't get past if you are really real. If you should be, was God really? And, it, and so no matter what you say, they're still back at, yeah, but we just don't believe you exist, even though you're talking to us right now on our Facebook. Okay, but you're the one telling your children that Santa Claus is real. Right. Okay, moving on. And so these questions are also, and the answers are for us to be able to answer intelligently and biblically what the response is. Last week was about the, oh, right, what do people say when you're in a cult? It is Christianity racist. Right. Two very good questions, and if you missed it, go back to last week's show and check it out. Uh, so right now we're going to listen to it short. You know, all of these are only a couple of minutes. 
about apostle versus pastor as your leader? Okay, that was really, really good, wasn't it? Yeah. That was deep, but it was real. And, you know, oftentimes we say something is deep when it's just profoundly true. (laughs) It's just profoundly true. That's so deep. It's just so true and real. What she said in the beginning, I appreciate how the pastor 
his job, her job is usually focused on the comfort of the congregation, the parental, whereas the apostle, accountable to the Lord, she said, your fears don't matter when you're representing someone else. But when you're representing someone else, your thoughts don't matter, your opinions don't matter, including your fears. And how many we've seen just in this whole last six months in our nation that has felt like four years that it's been, we've been in this thing, but it's been six or seven months, really. Um, the difference between the apostle and the pastor in leadership and how they handled their congregation. When the people's vote mattered most, you saw the fruit of that. Oh, you're not comfortable coming back to the church. Well, we're not going to open our doors or whatever. And we're, it's just whenever you're ready, just let us know. Whenever you're under an apostle or a real apostolic leader or a strong leader, the doors are open. Those of you who want to come on, come on. If you still need to watch online, okay. But we're going to be here serving the Lord. And I, I always laugh with Dr. Price about the 30-day delay and how in Tulsa, at least, we open back up in November. Uh, November November is going to be amazing. In May, May 1st, and how so many churches waited until June 1st, the beginning, to see what would happen. Well, you, you can tell it's kind of like, well, they don't know tables for that who opened up the doors to their church then I guess it's okay for us to do it, too. And people would ask me, so how's it going? Are you guys? Yeah, we're open. Really? You wearing that? No, we're not wearing that. Oh, well, how's it going? We're not dead. Gospel's <laughs> being preached. Laying hands on people. Actually, we're laying hands on people. Shoring them up. Okay. Oh, okay. No. Oh, all right. And with this, and which we've talked about before, this is a flu. It is a flu. It's a flu bug. They travel. They do what they do. People get the flu every year. And nobody says, how many people in your church got the flu this year? In fact, we don't even think about it. And when the CDC fixed all their lies and errors, and we saw how small the fatality is on this compared to what they've been pushing and shoving down everybody's throat, you realize Right, it is a bug. Am I saying that people who have died, that those aren't real deaths? No. But there are real deaths with any disease that takes people out or anything. that you, We have heart disease. We have, listen, secondhand smoke, alcoholism. The people, when you look up the stats on things that they have not pulled off of the shelf that are killing millions of people a year, don't talk to me about this. Don't even talk to me about this. So what I like about uh, that clip is explaining the difference between the apostle's obligation is to our sender, which would be Jesus Christ. And we've broken down what that even means. Like people have a disconnect between what that means. Well, we all serve the Lord. We're all on God's staff. Okay. So if we have a company, and if you work for the executive, that's one level of obligation, don't we know? Versus if you are somebody who stands at the front door. Well, we all work for the same company, but are we all obligated to the same type of leadership? Do we all have the same chain of command accountability? No. Because when you cut up in the executive level, that is one series of actions. If you cut up as the doorman, that's another series of actions. And the two are not the same. Obligations are not the same. 
And so I love breaking that down and taking time to really roll out and explain what are we talking about when we say new era, when we say apostolic, when we say apostleship, when we say apocalyptic. What does that look like in action? Because at the end of the day, we all have to walk out what we believe. Not just say it, be it. Come on, what's the old, old saying? you got to be about it. You just can't talk about it. You have to be about it. You have to do it. Do it. And we have thrown out the whole last move. We're just throwing out a series of things that, guess what, you cannot embody. And you don't even know you haven't embodied it usually until you're in a trial. When you're hard up, that's when you find out what you're really made of. Isn't that what we say? I thought I was doing good. And then your money gets funny. You're going to find out what you're made of when your money gets funny. And when it lasts its way out of your life. And you're like, oh. all of a sudden, do you have faith in God or do you have faith in your job? Your faith is powerful as long as you're healthy. You have some sort of affliction, long-term, short-term, fatal uh, 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 diagnoses, and that's when you really find out what you are made of. What your faith in God is. Is it? Is it, actually? Because, again, we can all talk it. We can sing it. We can shout it right on cue. I was thinking about Sunday service. I don't know who I was talking to about this. I said, man, if we, maybe it was you. Man, if we were in another kind of church, that band would have been queued up. And she was reaching on Sunday. Preaching. We stood up like appetite, like this. <laughs> At one point, I think it was the whole church just standing up. For a while, I took my shoes off so I could focus. And I thought, man, this is good. And if that was in any other arena, man, you'd have that music playing, and it'd be queued up, and you'd amp up, and then this happened, what was that? That was powerful. What's the apostle saying? It was powerful. But what was actually said? I don't know. It was powerful. It was great. Let's go back and listen to it. You need to go listen. That's what we used to say when we couldn't explain the message. We just tell people, oh, you just need to go back and listen to it. That's, that's a soft way of saying, I don't really know. <laughs> I, as in, I can't really explain it, but it was just great. And the more you learn and digest and assimilate, the more you can articulate. You know you haven't assimilated if you can't articulate. Out of here, out of your head. If you can't run it down, if you can't explain what apocalyptic is, if you can't, in basic, everyday language, okay? I'm not talking about regurgitating a sermon. We can all become parrots, and I was talking about that today with somebody. We can all parrot something, a series of quotes, and we've had a lot of parroting people in the last move, which is why when we hit up against walls of demonism and walls of opposition, it crumbles. It failed, but see, we're here, we aim to raise up the stronghold, and if you're following us on Sunday service, then you know that we have gone from seeing the stronghold as a wall in a fortress to moving inside of us. Appreciate the graphic stuff, right? Moving inside of us. I don't know about anybody else, but now it's like when you're going through a moment, that visual of man with the brick wall on the inside is like, but I'm a fortress, but I'm a stronghold. I need to hold myself together strongly. (laughs) 
in this moment. I need to remember that I have a weapon of warfare or two or three, that I am what God is using to accomplish what he needs to accomplish and not to wait for a prayer line and not to wait for somebody to prophesy and not to wait for the old school way of doing things because the old school, like the old school church school, not the old school Jesus school, but the old school church school was about let the leader do it, let the man and woman of God do it. And there's always a place for that, okay? So, you know, we're not promoting running up out of order, running, breaking down, chains of command. We are not, not promoting that. I'm looking around the studio, looking in this camera. We are not doing that. But when you are going through something, or when we see that we need to pray in the right leaders and pray out the right leaders and do what we're supposed to do and have the right things in our heart so the right things come out of our mouth and the right things are floating in our mind, then that's when you say, I'm a stronghold. Let's look at the nation of Israel. Everybody knows how to war. Everybody's always trying to take them out. Kids don't have the privilege of just being like, oh, they want to play. You need to, you need to play with how to learn how to play and wield this sword, wield this knife, wield this weapon. Men, women, everybody in the military. Oh, no, no. Why? Because at any time, everybody can be called to arms. And the body of Christ back in the day used to be like that. Oh, no. We used to sell my soldier. And, you know, even having that in our praise and worship song programmed our spirit. Oh, it's not afraid to stand and fight. We cast out demons left and right. I mean, these were the songs. These are the songs I grew up on. I mean, I'm only 41. It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> okay? See, it does. It seems like it was a lot longer than that by how far we've come. But that was it. And you just, I may never march in the tree, but I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. Call me, Jesus. Did you know about that? But hey, I am available. I am ready. I am willing. This is how we raised our kids. We raised our children to not play games in Sunday school, but to be taught that one day God is going to call on you to do something for him. One day, you're going to have your Samuel visitation. One day, you're going to be a Daniel. And we were grow, we grew up waiting for that day. And now, we come into some of these Sunday schools, and the kids are like, who is Daniel? Who is Samuel? Who is David? Now, look. I'm going to need the children to know David and Goliath. I mean, that's Daniel and the lion's den. Huh? Do you know Moses? And we've been in these kind of ministries where the kids, they have no concept much less their obligation to the Lord. We're taught his obligations to us. He is, he is faithful toward us. He is whatever toward us. And you don't really hear those. So coming out of this message and, and get caught up. So if you're new to the Dr. Paula Price universe, get caught up in so many places. Facebook, YouTube, now Periscope. We're back on Periscope. Key in Dr. Paula Price. I'm just going to say that. Google Dr. Paula Price, Apostle Paula Price, and you will find all the different places. If you are looking for a church, a place where you can go, you can go to the Congregation of the Mighty or congregationofthemighty.com, and you can find our address, service times, who we are, meet us, greet us, join us. We have people, we have delegations. Sunday, we had a van load of people coming up from Texas and another family from Texas and somebody else who, oh, we had the crew from Nebraska. I'm telling you what, why? Because God has turned up the flame. 
And just like a beacon, people are being drawn. Those who are seeking are finding. And so if you are seeking, come on and see. If you have found what you are looking for, here, with us, with this message. These saints have come. We have people who have moved from all over the country, people who have stayed when we came, okay? We were all hoodwinked by Jesus. I'm telling you to write a book, Hoodwinked by Jesus. Yeah. It's probably going to be a testimonial of all these people's stories of how they thought they were doing one thing for the Lord, but he just couldn't tell them what he really needed them to do because they wouldn't do it. Sometimes you don't even have the faith. When you hear how big God's plans are, you will talk yourself out of it and say, that's not God. That's got to be me. Now, you don't have the wherewithal to put those kind of thoughts together in any other circumstance. But all of a sudden when it's God, it must be me. It must be me. No, it's him hoodwinked by Jesus, I'm telling you. Because we have, uh, we have some stories to tell on how God moves in his creation and through his people, how he has always done it. Okay, go to the street, call straight. That's a set-up phrase. <laughs> You're walking by, minding your business. Is that a burning bush? <laughs> and Moses had three seconds to decide to turn around and see why this bush is now talking. You understand that these people had to be used to the supernatural happening. We have several things happening that our minds would unravel today. A bush is on fire but not burning. And then it's talking. Let this plant light up <laughs> and start saying something to me. And we, first of all, our technology, where is it? Is it a hologram? Who, somebody bugged the room? Is it red? Okay, so once we get past that, wait a minute. I mean, when these things happen, it's a shame. You can tell that the demonic agenda is real because it tells us that not only is that stuff probably not real, but it's just it doesn't matter because they didn't have our technology. It couldn't be cool. It couldn't be like, be thrown in a den of lions. Listen, I've been in the zoo. You ever walk past the lion's den in the zoo and hear those buddies growling? Just growling. Uh, uh, uh. Lord. So you're thrown in, and everybody's looking at each other. You're looking at me, and I'm looking at you. Who's going to make the first move <laughs> right now? Somebody better pray. Daniel had to know that was going to happen on some level. He was too close to God not to know, but this is why this man prays three times a day. Some of us, God is trying to get us to pray three times a month. We don't include church. You, I'm not counting the times we pray and you say amen. Okay? We're not talking about that. The time that you initiate prayer in your life. Some people it's three times a month, not even once a week, getting in God's face, wondering why your life is riddled with warfare. Wondering why when things hit you, they take you out. Being thrown into a lion's den is a hit. I would call that a trial and a warfare and a testing of your faith. So for some of us, our prayer lives are so weak. And I'm not even just talking about, you know, I go, I go to God all the time. I'm not talking about just going to God. I'm talking about warfare and intercession for what he needs. See, Daniel made himself available for what God needed. And so when his life was on the line, the Lord said, hold on, I need this man alive right here. 
And we see that over and over again in Scripture. When your value is so high to the Lord that he will move literally heaven and earth to keep you here because you're his stronghold. You're his strong man, his strong woman, his strong person in the earth realm. So get in prayer. Get in your place in prayer. And not just that selfish prayer. We're going, I need this and I need that. And when the Lord's prayer was actually a lot about the Lord. It wasn't the giving prayer. And what he needed and wanted. How you doing today, Chief Apostle Hope? I don't know. The Lord's prayer was hard. Yeah. Deliver me from evil. Lead me not into temptation. As I forgive those who have, you know, wronged me or get it to me, please. Okay. And the Lord's prayer, the Lord said, I will turn you over to the enemy. That's the Lord's prayer. No, that's not God. Uh-uh. That's because we have said it so much, we become numbered to what it means. You know, I am in a blast right now. I still have to come on. But I'm a star. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I am following you as you follow Christ. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, who gave you the bell? Who early? did? You did. Yeah, but you were supposed to surrender. Oh, look, we already talked. Surrender? No defeat? No, no surrender. Not even the bell. Not even the bell. Not, not even the little thing. Hey, we talked before the show about it. It was going to be a bell kind of day. We knew it. Yeah, we knew it. Yes. Okay. I thought I heard an amen. <laughs> you did throw one in. I am extremely excited of a bowl. Well, hello. Looking at your studio audience. <laughs> yeah. Got a crowd and a team. You know, oh, man, I'm telling you, the show going to be, what we're going to be is a shed a bowl. You heard it here first. I got a shed a bowl. Shonda bowl. Shonda, Shonda. Whatever we can do, let that be up and you can see what kind of way we're going. You can always put that together. Can't you put that together? I'm telling you, I love on the Lord Jesus Christ. He is my sugar honey man. I just, isn't that talking? It was talking. Yeah. You know the first thing is when it was You know, the, part, the wonderful thing about being who I am is that we understand we can have fun with God. God can have fun with us, but God doesn't play. All right. You know, we, we don't play with God. No. I know we try to, but the rest of the church plays with the Lord. Not the rest of it, but good, far too much of it. Now, when I say the rest of it, you know, I don't know if you all had an opportunity to hear my broadcast on the Philadelphia Church. Did anybody hear that? Yes. Okay, Church of Philadelphia. Yeah. A couple of very, couple of our millennials was, who have ministries were like, wow, so there are churches that God hides. God is hiding that church from the temptations that have come upon the whole world. You haven't heard it, you need to go back and hear it, because you need to find out what qualifies you to be hidden and rescued and, and exempted. I want to use the word exempted. So go back to... Uh, look at it and see what is what happened, what what caused them to be exempted and and literally rescued, but then promoted in the midst of world trials, promoted, elevated, expanded, and enlarged in the midst of global calamity. That which is has already been. 
we kind of think everything is new. This isn't new to God. It's new to our generation because we're a new generation. It's new to us. It's not new to God. That's why he's a master at it. You know, God's not a master because he just woke up one day and said, hey, I'm going one around. I guess I'll call on the shots. No, no. He tells you his word was tried seven times. That's a pretty deep thing. He tells you that he had to kick out his anarchists from his realm. See, we think anarchy began on earth. No, 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 no. Anarchy came to earth. Matter of fact, everything came to earth. If you're going to flow with God in this season, if this is going to be a time that you say, you know what, I'm going to learn me some Jesus, I'm going to get this right. If that is going to be your time, you've got a lot of shifting. We, she introduced the broadcast today with me talking about the difference between the pastors and the apostles. First of all, I want to go on record to say I have nothing against pastors, although I do think that they have put themselves in a particular predicament where they were attempting to bear the weight of the world on their shoulders and still try to run a congregation or a tent. But I want to tell you, God starts everything with a prophet. If you're taking notes, especially with you who are listening to me online, God starts everything with a prophet. Now, you know you haven't heard that under the pastoral paradigm. You didn't hear that. You didn't know. I mean, because as far as you could turn all prophets were dead, and those that weren't dead were driven underground, they prophet. God starts everything with a prophet. And any apostle worth the, the title from Jesus Christ has got to say everything begins with a prophet. That is one of the reasons why God had me write so much material for prophets. I've got so much material for prophets, I get lost in my own computer. Okay? I'm like, I've got our assessment, if nobody's ever hit that level, but our assessment lay out everything about a prophet. Most of our assessments are beginner and intermediate. I can honestly tell you statistically where the church is. But then God has shown us in reality contemporarily where we are. We, I mean, this is the church of Jesus Christ, and they try to tell us we, we needed the president to, to, to tell us that we could have service. In California, they are being criminalized. Yes. Criminalized. You understand that for, us, for your government to criminalize you more than they criminalize the criminal. That's a big problem. Yeah. You understand that? They are your government is allowed to criminalize you as Christians because you know all of these Christians talking about I don't like this and I don't like that and we don't want Trump. Look at California because that's our future. That's our future in our now, right now. That's our future. We someone wrote me on on Facebook. Their nation is if you don't wear a mask, it's a nine hundred dollar fine, and then if it's a ten, they're gonna put you in jail. This is Christian persecution. I don't care that you call it something else. Now, you come into the door, you come through the door of a virus, but you are Christian persecution. So you all can have all of these wonderful talks. I don't care. I want you to understand that if we we let our nation go down, the first thing they're coming after are the traitors that help them take us out. That's the first thing they're going to do. They're going to kill every one of them because they're like, I just got a new country. I just got a new world. I just got a new nation, and I don't want somebody who could betray their nation in my nation. So, you know, all of these, Pelosi and all of them, they're going to shoot them. They're going to kill them. 
And you know why? Because if you could take down the one you were born in, I have no hope that you're going to be loyal to the one that we take over. See, that's something that they don't tell you. All of them are walking around and they're sitting there buying all of these packages and listening to all of these. Well, I'm going to be in the office of, you're going to be in the office of the tomb. Because that's what they do. Because people who take over power don't leave the ones who betrayed the power they took over alive to do it to them. Aren't you excited to know that? So don't worry about it. We got to put this man in office because without it, don't worry about it. All of them people that think they're going to be ruling us, they will not. They'll be under our feet. Because if you are smart as a leader, if you have won, if you're smart, the one thing you don't want is traitors on your staff, traitors on your team. Because see, a traitor has no loyalty to anybody. Anybody is thought there's going to be another uprising. Guess what? They are experienced and taking down nations. So all of these people who are walking around talking about we got it going on, no, they're going to kill them. Trust me, they're going to kill them. And I can say that just because of research and watching how they've done it over the decades. Yeah, yeah. Over the decades. You don't hear from those people again. Yeah. They may keep one or two alive to make people feel comfortable. Okay, well, you can help us with some orientation, a little bit of assimilation. <laughs> but they don't keep them alive. So all of these people, all of these singers, all of these celebrities, all of these rappers and, and all of that, don't worry about it. They are going to be replaced by who will not sell out the new regime. See, somebody needs to tell y'all the truth. So y'all walking around here talking about, I don't care, I don't care. You better hope that you do care because I'm going to tell you, you could be one of those because they're going to shoot them off. They're going to kill them off. They're going to poison them. But you need to know they're going to take them off the planet because they're a threat. They're a threat. As a matter of fact, they better hope they can turn United States evidence just to stay alive. That's right. That's what they better do. Now, the second thing we're going to have to deal with, see, this is what apostles supposed to do. Amen. Not tell you to be afraid of a bug. Okay. I promise you, because I've studied this for years, and you watch how they took out all these nations before us. They're not going to trust our traitors. I wouldn't. Huh. It's kind of hard when you got a best friend even who betrays you. It's very hard for you to trust that best friend again, isn't it? That's right, yeah. Okay? You know, they can bring you, they can give you the world, and all you remember is that you left them in your heart, and they broke it. From yeah. within. So you, we need to be, all of you Christians, y'all need to buck up and y'all need to come alive and realize this is not going to go the way they're telling you. These are, I used to be a salesperson. I was a very good salesperson. I sold insurance and I sold communications equipment. So I was very good. I did not sell door to door. I sold major corporations. I sold Wall Street. My accounts were insurance and all of that. And I'm going to tell you something. I was going to close a sale. I'm going to tell you, I was going to close a sale. Because the sale leaves my, my closing goes to administration. They're going to clean up whatever I say. But you understand that a lot of the things that, that, that these people are being sold, this is a bill of goods. They are not going to use them. I don't care. I don't care. And you can, you, can, you can apply that to whatever you want. The second thing that they're going to do is get rid of Christians. Because this was really always about Christians. 
It was never about anything. That's why Biden is out there running up and down the road with Muslims. Because it was never about politics. This has always been about Christians. Because Jesus Christ is the God of the United States. He founded the United States of America. Now, you don't hear folks say, well, I don't know if I agree with that. It doesn't matter, but just tell me why are they flipping up from Christianity to something else. You understand, Buddhism had to move it. Hinduism had to move it and take over our businesses, our enterprises, and finally our thought life. Islam had to move it. See, if you have to move in, then that means you are not the foundation. If we have to give you rights, that means you have none. So this idea that when it's all over, business is going to go back to usual, church is going to, no, it's not. Church is never going to go back to usual. The world is never going to go back to usual. It's kind of like saying, I had a major surgery. I, got a, I, I had an accident. I got wounded. In the wounding, I've gotten healed, and you're thinking, whoa, as soon as I get past the pain, as soon as I get past the hemorrhaging, as soon as I get past the feet fish, as soon as I get past the, bend, the, the bandages and the tricks, I'm going back to life before the blow. Not going to happen. The blow is real, and that is in your body. Yes. So you walk around here thinking, you know, you're talking about a Christian buying into this. I do believe that just because something is... Biological doesn't mean it's not diabolical. Devils heal, wound people all the time. Devils have healed and killed people all the time. And the killing is real. The killing is real. But the, but the, the motive, the source, the origin, that's something else. And so we need to, as, as Christians, you need to recognize this will not be, you will not say, okay, we're going to be free to wear tattoos in our church. We're going to be free to have some piercings in our nerves. We're going to be free to have some, some uh, we can commit a, uh, adultery. We can, uh, we can fornicate. We can have our transgender, our transgender. I want you to understand that they're going to wipe out Christianity. And the only thing that's going to stop them is the Holy Ghost and the faithful of God. Because that's what the, uh, America's problem is not Donald Trump. America's strength is not Donald Trump. America's power, resistance, fortitude, pushback is not Donald Trump. It is Jesus Christ, the founder of the land. He is the God of the land. And from Genesis to Revelation, you read about the God of the land, but you have to get into it. And, and, and suffer to get through Revelation. It's about the God of the land, and it's always about polytheism over monotheism. So Satan realized that he, he said that the whole battle was, the early church was polytheism versus monotheism. So he came up with a fake monotheistic religion. Study its origin. Study its truth. Study its holiday. Nothing like Jesus Christ. Nothing. But, they, but, but for those who have an appetite for monotheism, we have this law. Listen, I believe uh, let, let the best God win. I'm going to tell you right now, I am that kind, I think Jesus is big enough to win his battle. That's what I think. I feel like if Jesus and, and all are going to tackle, then they could tackle. That's up to them. And they win the prize. You know, that was a, that, that was a tackle, a tussle in the Garden of Eden. Okay, 
And Islam is 700 in my dictionary. So a lot of you all have it. You can read about it. You can read the origins. So you can go look at it. And it's pretty extensive because you can't be an apostle and not know God's adversaries and opposition, rivals. And so I believe 100%, I trust Jesus. I just know that each God's got to use their people to battle in this realm because we don't know what they're doing in the invisible realm. We can't see. So they have to use our people because our people vote. Our people are subject to the laws of the land. Our humans, play by us. We have to do it in this land because we're mortal, and it's a problem. It's a battle between the everlasting God, the immortal Jesus Christ, and the mortal Satan. So I keep speaking it to give you not only an explanation, to give you a destiny, to give you a hope. Satan did not start this battle as an immortal, supernatural being from God's world. He started it as one who defeated, who was defeated. God defeated him in heaven. God defeated him on earth. Jesus defeated him in hell, and he's defeating him now in the ecclesia. Because defeat is his heritage. Now, he now is working for God. You don't realize that. You look at Job, you see Satan is working for God. He has to because the Lord stripped him. His creator, his maker stripped him of all his power and all his armor. Now, you're going to have a lot of people to say, you know, it wasn't until the church that we found out that really Satan was whatever because before that he was accepted. No, he wasn't. He wasn't accepted, but, what was, but he was in everybody. He owned the, the biogenetics of humanity. That is why when Jesus said, with the prince of this world, the God of this world is cast out. Why did he say it? Why would he make such a statement? When the next day Satan is still there, all satanic religions are still there, people still worshiping the dragon. So why would he say it? He looks like he's errant. He said it because the problem was not in the government. The problem was not in the institutions. The problem was not in the laws. It wasn't even in the rituals. It wasn't even in the other gods. The problem was in the genetic makeup of human beings that were automatically born, predisposed to Satan. They were born dead. So God said, I can change the world. That's why people did he really change the world? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Because we Christians. And up until we got to us, the majority of the world was Christian. Do you know a lot of you are modern, you didn't know the church ruled the world. Why do you think when you look in the Bible, you see Christian definitions, they say, I believe in our faith. Right. 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 We start, everything was Christian. We start, the United States of America started Christian. Queen Elizabeth sent over her people. We had a couple of other groups coming over. To, to bring Christianity because they were bringing the Catholicism along with the Protestantism. But when you look at it, we did not start as a pagan religion. We did not start pagan. That's why pagans are working to change us. See, this ought to be, pastors ought to be teaching their people. Do you know the church ruled the world? What? Do you know that Jesus Christ and the Bible ran the planet? Did you know that? Other than, other than going to those indigenous countries and, you know, having some of the other ones, you know, that were fighting. But the church of Jesus Christ called the shots. Why do you think he had the, the, the Dutch all over the world? He had the French all over. And, and, the Swiss, and why do you think all of them today have turned on Jesus Christ? They turned on Jesus Christ because they were, they were with him and they sold him out. 
We are the holdout, God. We are the holdout. So don't get it in your mind that this is about a president. This is about a nation. And you need to find out who is for our nation and who isn't. And you need to understand that when, when we go on the other side of this, if we, we choose unwisely, I want you to understand, you won't have to worry about having to go to church. Because these pagans and these socialists and communists, they don't want to read it first. Go and do your homework. Go do your read up on socialism. Don't listen to the pretty little stories they give you. Read about it. Go and look at all of the nations that they've already turned into socialism. Ask us what happened in Venezuela. We don't know. What happened to Cuba? We don't know. But we do know. So before you go and act like you are some sort of black activist who has the mind of God, you need to do your homework. Research. Somebody said to me recently, well, you know, do, 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 do um, black people know um, what socialism is? I said black people are talking about Marxism. But I have yet to sit down at a black table with an every space person and they say, well, let me tell you about Marxism. I have yet to look at y'all, y'all all laughing. Uh-uh. Let me tell you, now if you sit down with some white folks, they're going to tell you about Marxism. All right? But you're going to sit down with us, we're like, what, what? And said, no. And then the woman who was white, she said, yeah, but we're not that good at it now either. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. You are a pastor. you got a congregation. Teach your people about what happens when America falls. That's your job. That's a mandate of the Almighty on your back. You want to know why God's not letting you come back? Because of that. Instead, you're teaching your people how to be afraid of a bug, of a virus, when God has been taking out disease forever. Remember, we did have the Nevada slave. We did have the black slave. We did have all of that. And while we need to take healthy measures and medical steps, Tell your people why this is going to be a problem. Tell me why a disease that has lied on every one of its predictions is still now become a moneymaker for the matter. Tell me about that. They have not did anything. Why is it that it's just 2020? Why didn't we have this in 2019? Why didn't we have it in 2021? No, it's because this is the time, United States of America, when you are getting ready to make the, the, the vote of your life. This is a, I'm telling you, this is the last vote you'll ever make. Oh, God, if you don't vote correctly, you will not ever vote again. Ever. This is the last election we will ever have if you don't vote correctly. There will never be another election. You need to understand that this is not about who's going to, who, who, uh, is that what he's saying the best? Who doesn't know? This is whether or not there will be another election in four years or ever. Ever. Because they're already destroyed. Why do you think California is doing what they do? Because they're using their state constitution to whittle away at, the, at our federal constitution, at our nation's constitution. Because this is a God fight. And you need to stop thinking it's politics. This is a God battle. This is the battle of the gods in your era, in your time. 2020, God fight. Yeah, I can say this. Now, our, our political officials and our Christian politicians can't. But let me tell you something. This is a God fight. Don't you get it in your mind that it's a government fight because it is. Because the God who holds the land defines the government. Look up Marxism before you start to, I don't care. 
Black Lives Matter is Marxist and pagan and witchcraft. They told you that. They told you that they're that. And you walk around, I don't care. I like their principles. That's like saying I like your stores of cosmetics even though their food is poison. This is the God fight. This is not about just politics and government. This is the battle of the gods because the God that I can say it because I'm a preacher. I can say it because I'm an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, but I can also say it because I studied it. We were not founded by pagans. We were not founded by witches. They were immigrants. They immigrated, spiritually immigrated, into the land to state certain claims. We were not founded by that. You can talk to me about all that other stuff, and I'm trying to tell you this was about God creating a home for a church that he was separated from Catholicism. Do your homework. If you're going to talk to us about it and get all big and bold, do your homework and stop just thinking, listening to the rhetoric, and look beneath the surface. Find out what Marxism looks like, and then look at all of the, the countries in the world they've taken over. Find out what happens when Muslims take over. Find out what happens when Buddhists take over. Do your homework so that if you sell the land out, you're at least selling it out because you agree and you're well informed. I can do this because I represent the throne of the God that founded America. I represent the God that founded and kept us all these years. All of the battles, all of the symbols and whatever. You know, yeah, people say, yeah, but we had war. So did Jesus. There was war in heaven. That's how come heaven still heaven. Clearly, we know who won the war. So don't, don't and sit down and make your children know about it. Make your teens and your adolescents and your young people know what Marxism is. Make them study socialism because Common Core and all of these schools gave them a, a fairy tale version of socialism. Well, what's wrong with everybody paying their share? What's wrong with us helping each other? Read it and then talk to those nations. Go to those nations where this is already taken over and ask yourself, is that their America? You want to leave your posterity. Because you will, it may not rock you as much as it's going to rock them, but they're going to be born into it. Look at China, church underground. Wendy, how do you think that's going to change for us? And don't, run around, don't go in your mind, because I know saying saints get that happy time, charismatic ilk, but God's not going to let it happen. Well, he let this happen. For somebody who's not going to let it happen, but God's not going to let the devil do it. Yes, he did. He let the devil test Job. He let the devil test Peter. He let the devil tempt David. Why? Because this is this is a, a, this battle, this conflict is way beyond your perception to understand the two powers in creation, light and dark. You have to understand. Come on, somebody. I need to. You are looking at religion and you're looking at rituals. That's not what God is looking at. God is looking at, I still got much people with Satan's seed. I got to get them out. That's where God is. I made a promise. All of these people who died in faith, that there was going to come a time that their posterity would be saved, their posterity would belong to God, that the Gentiles would see the light and come to God. You need to understand, you're still down here at the five and die. 
You down here with penny candy and, and inflation has taken it up to a dollar. And you just going to stay down here and play like this your penny candy. There isn't. This is, this is bigger than you know. You think that you understand why God isn't moving? Do you know that in a lot of these people that are unsaved and a lot of these pagans, there are all brothers and sisters and siblings that were in Christ before the foundation of the world, so he can't take them out because he'll lose that life? He has to make very finite judgments and decisions. So I, it's better to go ahead and let's just let this roll. What did he say? We and tears grow together. You think they just grow together in the field? They're growing together in a genetic tree. A genetic tree. You know why God brought us here? Because here for all of these years, we have saturated the, the land with prayer. We've saturated the land with worship. We've done, we've saturated it with righteousness and truth and protection of human rights. We've done that. That's what made us great. What made us great was not being like the nation. What made us great was being the model for the nation. That's what made us great. So as we're going on, thinking, well, I don't care. You may not care. And you know what? You don't care because the devil is trying to take out the nation. It's going around to citizen by citizen by citizen to seduce them into thinking that they control the future. You don't. You don't. And if you think God is going to rise up and decide to send a whole bunch of angels here to do this battle when you have rank rebelled against them, you need to think again. See, God's like, heaven is fine. We just close it. We just close it and let y'all die off. There's a difference between an apostle letting you know how God will react and behave and someone else. This all started with prophecy. God starts everything with a prophecy. He starts it with prophecy. You need to be clear. This all starts with that. God does everything by starting with a prophet, and then he literally it constitutes what he wants and then establishes what he wants through apostles and teachers. That's how. And then we move into the fivefold for the people. I don't know if that, that makes sense to you all, but it should. Y'all should. So you can walk around here all day long. Before you say that Donald Trump needs to go, you need to study Marxism, study communism, and study socialism, and don't look at it as a history lesson. Look at it and what it's doing in contemporary life today. Today. So that if you decide to, to, to literally kill your land, you at least are killing it with, common, with information. Maybe not common sense, but information. Because you need to know why God keeps backing this man. You cursing him and Jesus is blessing. You keep cursing him, God keeps blessing. They keep trying to take him out, God keeps making him stronger. The man's Teflon is going to be so thick, he's probably going to have on a coat of mail when it's all over. (laughs) Because God wants America. And he's given us our last chance. I need you to understand, this man was an olive branch. Because we did not deserve even the chance we got, especially the church. We didn't deserve that. Are you kidding? You got your, you go to these modern churches, everybody laying on the floor, sucking up dirt, with a smoke running up here, mirrors running over there, dancing, singing lolly, lolly, lolly songs, all done looking like they're all, pe- come on. That man didn't give his life for the church that we have today. This is not the blood-bought church. This is the Satan snatched church. The blood-bought church would have never done that. 
not the blood bought church. Keep going to church and we, we people are sitting there all tatted up here. So it looks like we went to some sort of indigenous nation. Oh my God. We got black folk now because we, you know, we, we are the last holdout. You know, the blacks and the Latinos, we're the last holdout for a pure body. For a, we're still holding on to the pure Jesus, at, at least in large. So now the next thing is let's take you to those ancestral devils. Let's bring you back to those ancestral religions because that's where your identity is. No, 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 that's where you died in the garden. Yeah. Yeah. See, the cross made you alive, but the garden is where you died. Oh. I need you all to hear this because you understand that this flesh goes back to the dust. Yeah. That, that is why all of this stuff is useless to God. His flesh goes back to the dust, but your soul has to be qualified to go up or down. And dead souls don't rise, just like the dead bodies don't. So you can go and play with all of those religions, the same ones that, now these are the same religions, baby, that that's not working for them. But it's all about death, because Satan has been dead since God took him out of power. And you think just because something is dead, that in God's realm, you think it's dead because it hasn't stopped moving, that he can't be dead. No, he has no power. That's why he needs us. He needs our deception. He needs our delusion. He needs us to make his dead seem alive. Meanwhile, he's killing us while he's siphoning us. I'm going to tell you right now, y'all can play this, and I know this, I I know, because I know what the Lord has said and shown, but we don't have to even, you know, you don't even have to go prophetic right now. You just look at it. A whole planet walking around wearing face stuff on something that has never proven it's right. Right. Denying us the privilege, the dignity of her immunity. Ignoring the people who are dying of real diseases. Ignoring them. This, can you imagine a whole a whole block? And you know why they think they won? That's why the apocalyptic electorate is so important. Do you know why they think they won? You think that it's just because they, they have the school, you know, they taught it in school, and then we have entertainment. You think all of the forms and human psyche is how they won. No, no. They know they won because in their mind, they have tied us up with technology. That is why we keep want to call this the Armageddon mark of the beast. This is not the mark of the beast. Because see, they're not the beast. They're just a blockade. They're not the beast. So why is God moving in apocalyptic election? Why is he doing that? You know, I mean, if that's the case. So I'm going to tell you what he's doing. Because the power, the angel that got Peter out of jail had technology. He was a physiological, anatomical, technological power. So he stands at the gate and the gate opens. Peter standing on the water was the beginning of that. Peter's shadow, same thing. So what God is doing, see, we know, we, we've seen God and we're excited about God working physiological miracles, medical miracles. Aren't we excited about that? But those bodies that they had, 
we have the first fruits of that in us. So that no matter what they do with technology, like that angel, it won't matter. That's God's vision. See, we haven't talked about God's vision. We're too busy talking about our little puny vision. I just want to have a family. I just want to have my children. I just want to have my. I just want to have my business. I just want. To, and God is saying, "Do you understand that the, the, the darkness, the sons of darkness, have grown up around you all, and you all haven't grown up to it? And we're the best. We're the top." Now they're already playing in this on their physiological self, and it's dead and doomed. Simon the sorcerer wants Peter to help them get some powers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what's in Peter? So you are walking around thinking, well, God's going to do the work. God already told me the angels are not doing this without us. That's why we had the 2.5. I, I, I'm like, up with Paul. I'm excited for God to begin to uncover and reveal apocalypses or apocalypses the glory that's going to be in us. Yeah. There's a glory in us. Yeah. 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 Now, <laughs> do you people sit on the thing with you? <laughs> <laughs> now my question is, are you saying that the apocalyptic peak is a genetic awakening or switch that goes off and wakes up and we kick over into that? Exactly. Wow. Let me tell you why. And I know that I'm not the only one in the planet. That's number one. And I know. And I'll tell you why. Because when you when you talk about the power in us. There is, you'll know when it's there because you'll feel like it's electricity running through your brain. Your brain. It's going to move like that. I'm telling you that God is not going to let Satan's son take this out. That's not happening. His daughters are not doing it. Now, and the interesting thing about us is that you wonder why is it that we say stop and the devil stops because it's the power that's in us. So we got, and Jesus is securing it. We got the Holy Ghost. That's why you know the church has gone away from salvation. They're too weak. You know, people keep saying, well, aren't you concerned? I'm not concerned. You kill. I'm filled with the fullness of the Godhead. That is not a statement for me. I live that book. I know the things I do. I'm telling you, I know this stuff is waiting. And God told me when my people get ready, all I'm going to do is flip the switch. That's all he told me.
life. You are supposed to leave your marriage if God calls you to a higher call. That, that's why faith in me to rest up. If God calls you to now these guys, you better stay home and be a good spouse. Okay? If God didn't call it, you go stay home and be a good spouse. But if you're called to a higher call with the power that is that is that raised Jesus from the dead, we still talking about that. What the do you realize what it takes for them to take those paddles and say clear? God said clear to Jesus with no paddles in hell. No paddles. God, God come uh, come up. Born again in hell. Jesus, they, and let me tell you something, because I know about Shadow Bookman. Okay, I'm trying not to talk in terms of public. I'm trying to get it. It is yours. I don't care how old you are. 
I don't care what you've been through. I don't care about anything. That power in you is real. And when you position yourself the way God's going to position us, he's going to flick that switch. There is a book. I'm telling you, he's going to flick the switch. He asked me, he said, I said, but God, I don't do, you know, I'm trying to talk to the Holy Ghost. Because I'm still thinking mortal. See, that's first thing you have to stop thinking mortal. Mortal means I'm going to get hurt. I'm going to get embarrassed. It's not going to work. That's mortal. You have to think, I don't have that issue any longer. I've been talking to you about my new creation spirit, how phenomenal, phenomenal she is. And not all spirits are male, so we can get off of that. The mind is is like me. Okay? And so I've been working with her, and she's been working with me. Right on down, it was so cute, right on down to... I was getting ready to get something to eat, and I was extremely hungry, and I didn't know it was a spirit. And all of a sudden, I just wanted to just bench, gorge. And my spirit said, oh, we don't eat like that anymore. I said, we don't, do we? And I took and cut almost a, 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 what, two-thirds of that, put it all back. Because I'm working with her, and she's working with me. My specific, because when, when, when we hit that place, then we'll fuse. We're not fused yet, she and I, but we will. See, this is the kind of preaching nobody wants to tell you about. This is the kind of stuff that, that, that leaders do in the back room, and y'all still try to figure out how to make it in Jesus. And you all have been with me. Some of you have all have been with me for almost two decades. And I'm telling you, Nothing on when he say nothing will be impossible. Now there are things you're gonna have to push, and there are things you have to link up with other powers, with other folks like yourself, so that you can have the strength of numbers. But I'm telling you, nothing is impossible for you. We can take this thing down because it's ours anyway. But we have got to want to pay the price, and that's why people don't push it. You don't want to pay the price. Anybody hear what I'm saying about pay the price? You don't want to pay the price. You do not want to pray instead of television, instead of movies, instead of friends. You don't want to do that. You want to talk on the phone and waste all that quality time doing that playing game. You don't want to give up your little friends, your little stuff on the side. You don't even want to give up your little snacks. When you talk about, I need you to pray instead of stuff your face. You don't even want to do that. And you certainly don't want to give up your your stuff, your, your sick soul because it takes a pure soul to do it. Because if you have stuff in your soul, whatever's in your spirit will never get to you through to your body. Because it's gone. All of your sickness, all of your habits, all of your I gotta be, all your ego, all your arrogance, this thing requires something. I told you, he got it, but he said that dispensation is over. This is where we are. He said, I'll go get my my family. He said, I need my children to start growing up. You know when the angels, you ever look at the angels, if you realize that the way y'all been taught, the church would have condemned God for Egypt and bringing Israel out? Yes. Yeah. Come on. They did, because if you look at the, you look at the, you look at the, the scriptures that they had, look at you. I mean, he did this and he did that. That's why you can't move in your power, because you're too busy vilifying God while you're celebrating and modeling Satan. Those angels come and wipe out everything. And you know what they say? Worthy are you, O Lord. Holy and righteous are you, Lord. You are, you are taking with your right, not us. We still want to talk like Satan 
his rhetoric to keep us out of his power. So, no, we're not going to deal with sin. Why would we want to deal with sin? We got some ourselves. So we're not going to deal with sin. We're not going to render God's judgment. We'd rather have the judgment of darkness because they line up with us. Well, they should because they're carnal, and so are we. You all, are you really ready to be a high power? Because we like to work, but I am. No, you're not. You're not. Half of the, you're talking about all of these Christians believing in abortion? You will never be a high power as an abortionist. It will never happen because that's a murderer. Mm-hmm. And the devil sinned from the beginning, and the boat not in the truth. So, no, if you're an abortionist, you are not going to be that. You're, I don't care. You, you walk around here and say, but I think a woman has a right to choose. You forego your sovereignty. Because sovereignty is God allowed it to go to distance. And he sent grace behind for us to handle our poor decisions. He sent the blood to cover it so it doesn't take us to our grace. You, want, you, you can talk about how much you think homosexuality is what it is. I have proof that it began with Satan. It began with angels coming to earth, sodomizing men. That's proof. So you can talk about, I think it's God all day long. You, yeah, it is a God. It's just not the God of God. So why doesn't God stop it? Because Satan won Adam's seed. And in order for you to get out of it, you must be born again. So you will not be an elect. You will not be a super powerful God. You will not be one of those that is going to move into his power. Because why would he empower his enemy against him? Right. Why would he give them power over him or to fight his kids? So, no, that's not going to happen. I know you want to hear that because I know we got all of these pastors. You realize how many pastors are literally going to hell because you turned on God? You taught rebellion against the Lord? Do you know that that's, uh, that, that's in Scripture? And you died for teaching rebellion against the Lord. So you might be, a, 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 you know, you might be a, a modern pastor. You could be working with a trend. You could be not religious. First of all, religion did not begin with God. Religion began with devil. God's a redeemer. We are the redeemed of the Lord. Not the religion. We're the redeemed of the Lord. The identity is your key to destiny. Am I saying it or am I saying it? There you go. You can read the bell. I can't believe you're going to read the bell. <laughs> so you need to understand who will and who won't. You know, the Bible says, has a whole promise that who will ascend to God's holy hill. And he gives you, a, he outlines it. But now God is ready to call us to arms. And he's calling us to arms, not with the weapons of men. That's why Paul said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. And we just think, well, that's what he just means, that it's, it's, it's not, you know, the words of this world. No, no. God's word is power. The kingdom of God, 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, is empowered, not just in words. So religion is about words. Redemption is about power. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And so we think that's it. No, you receive power to get power to learn how to be powerful. So it's a journey. I've been on this thing since 1982. And I'm telling you right now, I know when God's power is going to do this or that, I understand it. I promise you I do. 
We sat here. You heard me tell the story about one of our wonderful uh, workers and members. Husband died. They about to call him. I don't know. I'm sleeping. They call me, and you know what I said? I opened up. She says, well, he's dying. I said, not today. He's going to die sometime, but it won't be today. Power, authority. I'm looking in his his room. I'm standing in his room, and I'm looking at death. And death just picked him up out of his body and was walking through the wall. And I said, put him back. Put him back now. He looked at me. I looked at him. And he looked at me and said, who do you think you are? I wasn't having an identity conversation then. <laughs> he was headed through the wall. Now, I can't tell you the whole story, but, she, but the family can if they want. And I said, put him back now. Never did it in my life. I think that I was answering. I don't know. But I'll tell you what, he backed up from the wall. He was going through the wall, the window. He backed up. He put the body, put put him back in his body, and behind him, behind where I was, there's this angel. Angel Sama came from the lot. That's one. What about 2.5 million? What about that? What, what, what can God, we sit here, you realize we're walking around believing Satan has a new world order? He, has, he doesn't have a new world order. He can't have a new world order if everything he's doing is going back to before Christ. So it's an old world order that he's imposing his new because he's got a new body, new generation. There's no such thing as a new world order. Jesus is the new world order. He said, I'm sending a new heaven. And new earth. We have, I said, wait a minute. Do you know? This is rain right. I need the rain right. Got a rain right. He doesn't have a new world order. Not if you're using the same pagan deities. You're still using Ishtar. You're still using Artemis. You're still using Bacchus. You're still using the Anisis. You're still using the same old God. That's not a new world order. Because World and orders are about the spiritual principalities in the heaven that make it so mortals don't have that power. That is why they have to have all these prayers to go and pull up these devils. Black Lives Matter, we're going to channel and we're going to bring back the spirit of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. And then the, and the old pagan, Black Lives what? We went from why kill black people? unjustly to we're taking you back to paganism and we're going to channel Malcolm X and Martin, come on. That's what they did in the old world order. That's what Jesus shut down. That's what he locked down. Are you all hearing me? So so Christians, because we don't learn, well, this is a new world. No, it's not. No, it's not. As a matter of fact, God's new world comes when he's finished with all this. Right. So the, the, the new world came when Pentecost happened. We brought the new world because we brought the Holy Ghost. That's why God said the, 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 the prince of this world is coming. He's got nothing in me. When you hear them say that the, if the princes of this world had known, Jesus brought the, and he landed the kingdom right on them. 
right in the midst of them. So you all understand, this is not a new, he doesn't have a new world order. What he has is a B.C. campaign. Let's bring that devil back again. We are arguing, you know what, they, 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 uh, the, the fact that we want is because we said what, A.D.? Where do we get A.D. from? Because the church took the world and stamped in its history. A new world order had come because a new God took over the land. You've got to think differently. So we're walking around. you got Christians coming, yeah, writing books about it. We're writing all kinds of books about it. we got how this is. This is all man-made in the demonic. Satan finally got humanity up to a point where its intelligence and its ingenuity can be digitized. And just because it's digitized doesn't mean it's new. Yeah. I just really, you know, I really want the body of Christ to get this because we don't have but a short window of time to, to not just to accept it or adopt it, but also to adapt to it. Because the scriptures got to click whether we are ready or not, and people are going to wake up like we're going to be like a, a global superhero movie. Wake up with all kinds of ability. Wake up and realize your mind is doing something that you didn't know it could do. Realizing that you're thinking and things are happening. And you know what? You need to be aware that it is not devil. Right. A lot of people are going to give it back because, you know, Satan always calls you a devil and a witch when, you, when you're in his game, when you beat his game. You know, that's standard operating procedure. If I cast out devils by the finger of God, yeah. if they call him who is the head of the house Beelzebub, well, he's got to do that because he needs to keep people's faith from shifting from him to Christ. Ah. That's what this is all about. Yeah. So that's why God came with Jesus doing all of these powers. And he did all of these powers as a single individual. He also did all of these powers as the son of the living God. And he said, y'all going to do greater works. Well, what does he mean? Well, I'm going to tell you what he meant. We thought it meant one thing. We're going to cast out more devils than he did. Yeah, we cast out more devils than Jesus did. No, 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 no. Individually, we will not. But collectively, we will crush the world. Is that collective? Because that's what they did. Did they not? They all united as one. But see, let me tell you, this particular force that God is doing, and so when we talk about greater than, we're talking about now we know about science. We know about biology. You know, you understand devils had to teach people how to make beer, how to, how to uh, perform abortions, how to kill, how to do it. Devils had to teach them. That's what Adam gave up. Adam gave up the classes and lessons from God's world. That would help him rule the planet. So the last Adam comes. Y'all got a little bit excited. Social media, how y'all doing? She said it was. (laughs) And so it was supposed to be what, what the devils taught Adam and his seed when they came to earth. Even though the cane, how to kill, it was supposed to be the complete opposite. But they, because of Adam's transgression, they got they gained dominion over everything that God's hands had made. And God is a God of righteousness. He said He wanted fair and square. We gonna let Him run it right into the ground, 
Right into the grave. Because God wasn't surprised. Remember, he, he did it in his world. So he's not, it, it, it was there well there. God cannot be unjust. You know, there are times that you want, you know, people to, to come after certain issues, and it's unjust. You shouldn't have been there. God warned you not to. So now go ahead and suck up on some grace. Yeah. Plead for some mercy. See, you can't do what I'm talking about if you're not willing to let God be God. And let it be God his way. I'm going to show you something. I know you didn't think I had anything, but look, getting a grip on God. I know you didn't think I had it, but I did. Getting a grip on God. We talk about the mind of Christ. What is the mind of Christ? We don't have a lot of time, but I don't need a lot of time. What is the mind of Christ? And you realize that what people have told you is the mind of Christ is not. The mind of Christ on repentance and getting saved, that's, that's a very small, that's a thought of Christ. And we're confusing the two thoughts of Christ that we adopt and we believe with the mind of Christ. So let's go. Getting a grip on God. What is it to have God's mind? Number one, truth. Number two, holiness, without which no man can see the Lord. So how are you going to move in this power if you can't see him? If you are denied access, you shut out. Or you have so much stuff between you and God, he would rather you just not even bother. He just wants you to come to the the altar of the pit. So that's what he wants. And then righteousness. God is a righteous God. We can say all day long, there are a lot of false prophecies that are out there that totally ignore God's righteousness, contradict his righteousness. Well, God can do anything. Yeah, God can do anything, but does he want to? And is it in his best interest to? Because God is going to take care of God. God cannot, Jesus said, not one jot or tittle will pass from the Lord. The law until all is fulfilled. Now think about that. Not one jot or tittle. So what is he telling you? In his world, not one jot or tittle will pass from his laws either. He cannot break a jot or a tittle. That's just the way it is. So the next thing, God's omnipotent. You know, we want God to be God over this and not God over that. We want him not to be all God all the time, almighty. We don't want that. I don't know. But I do not. I need to say that. Undergirding, God has got to uphold everything by the word of his power. Everything. God can't let one thing fall. Not one. Because, first of all, it's kind of like, a, you know, start falling on somebody pretty bad. You realize that falling on you, a lot of lives are lost, a lot of futures are lost, destinies are lost. You know, embodies God, so the future. That's why he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. Because he, if, under Adam, they wouldn't have had that. If Adam had not allowed himself to be seduced by his wife who, used, who was used by Satan. All right, the next one, Godhead. The Godhead is going to be God. I just need you all to understand that you have been sold a bill of good. And you've been sold a bill of goods because you took and thought things made you equal with God in the sense of equal with his sovereignty, equal with his wisdom, equal with his experience and expertise. I don't care how equal we are with God. We don't have his history. We don't have his legacy. And we don't have his expertise. That's why we pray. And then the Holy Ghost, what did you say? I got to send the Holy Ghost because I'm going to pray all the wrong things and time for no. Because the Holy Ghost helps our infirmities on purpose. Because we don't know what to pray for as we are. Somebody, i got to hit them. Yeah. 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 Okay, we ain't that 
Did you abandon your post? I don't blame you. She said, I'm telling you no. So understand the Godhead has to be on top, has to be number one, has to be that always. That is why so much uh, uh, training and so many messages have been given to make you diminish God in your eyes, to make you become irreverent. God doesn't mind to teach you how to exercise your rights, your personal human rights and liberties so that because Satan or God will judge you. And if he judges you, he's not blessing you. And if he's not blessing you, he's not trusting you. So we don't work on winning God's trust. But Jesus taught that. Jesus said, but you know, y'all seek the faith of man instead of God. He said, we ought to be trying to win God's trust. Because winning God's trust is not an idle experience. Winning God's trust is like winning the trust of any high power. It comes with privileges and promotion and position. It comes with gifts. It comes with assignments and authority. Hope. God is the God of all hope. The one thing this tactic has done was crush the hope of humanity. Hopelessness and despair. This has been all about crushing the hope. Hope is literally the perpetuation of a healthy soul. As long as you can see a future in it, as long as you can see tomorrow in it, as long as you can see a way out, as long as you can see an end of it and into it all, you have hope. But when you get to this point, and now, you know, the, the, you know I call it the CV-19 prophet. Now they're telling you, oh, it's going to be a long time. Well, it's probably, we're probably never going to come out of this. It's probably not going to happen. And you know what? And Christ prophets are prophesying that too. I'm like, the devil's a lie. God, you're going to pull the plug on this thing. I believe that in the name of Jesus. You're going to pull the plug on it. You're getting ready to explode, expose, expose all of it. Um, the host is going to be exposed, and everybody responsible for it is going to jail. I walk through my house. Do I not? Y'all, I want to get in jail, God. Every day, I do. I want. I don't stop because he said my word is like a hammer; it breaks the rock to pieces. I countermand every false prophecy, and I counteract it because I see a certain heavenly places in Jesus Christ. I'm filled with all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I am above. I am filled with the divine nature of God. I am the head and not the tail. I speak, and I when I speak, God does. He said, "When you say it, I am a sovereign in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ." I walk around saying that in my house. All the time. When I get ready to pray or I get ready to act, I walk into my investment of power and authority. I start with what I'm invested with. I start with what I'm in do with. I don't start with, Lord, please. No. There's a time to play, pray for a petitional prayer. That's when we need stuff and all of that. We need to be reverent. Don't act like you can just lean down around like he's nobody because he doesn't, he doesn't really act nice with that. But... When it comes time for me cooperating with the Almighty, collaborating with the Godhead, I'm commissional. I'm, I'm vetoing what he doesn't want. I'm, render, I'm taking his verdict, and I'm, at, I'm, I'm making it the sentences out of my mouth from my seat of authority. I'm telling you. And you think there's going to be a lot of it, but you know how much this is not going to be? A lot, because God always works with a remnant anyhow, because the masses can't tolerate God like that. You know, you think about it. Jesus preached a sermon that was pretty much sent to town out to this. And he looked up, and the whole countryside was gone. He had 12 people. 12. And one was the devil. The devil was like, I better get a heads up. 12 people. 
was what he was left with. And he said, um, are y'all going to leave? He did not cry. He did not say they left me to rip my church. Not. He said, y'all leave? They said, no, because you alone have the word of eternal life, which means they were handpicked. They were the elect before he met them. He had already elected them, which is why they could hear him, which is why they could stand with him, which is why they could remain loyal in the face of opposition, because they were built, they were inbuilt elect before they became selected elect. Because the people who are called to rise and, and, and move in God's dimension don't have the same questions as the people who are looking for a way out. They said, it's a hard plan. Who can bear? I can't help. Because they were stuck on the conference's voice. Y'all didn't hear me. This is Mary and Joseph's voice. They couldn't see beneath the surface. So, and, and, and all of the acts that he was doing, all of the powers that he was exercising, all of this, the authority, they, they never, ever made the correlation between this is a confident boy, but he's doing this. And remember, until Jesus came, everything was about becoming Messiah. Yeah. So even the little kids had to learn that Messiah was coming. That is why Andrew and Peter and all of them recognized him as the, as, as the Messiah that most, because not just any Messiah. See, this church is going to buy anything that puts on the title of Messiah. Because I already buy it. You know, you buy false pastors, you're going to buy false Christ. You buy false prophets, you're going to buy a false Christ. You understand, if falsehood is your standard, your measurement, then you need to understand that you will not know Jesus Christ because you will become very indoctrinated and very familiar with the false. Falsity will become your standard and your criteria. So that's why you all want to make sure you know truth. You want to make sure you understand what the, truth, the criteria is. They have a criteria. I think about that even when I read it again and again. I think, for oh God, they had a real criteria. Like, they knew what to look for in the human being that showed up as the Messiah. They knew. Today's church came. Today's church is coming. Uh-uh, but all I know is that she's not in love. Uh-huh. He's not in love. But they didn't say it in love. You understand that Jesus inside for a Asian woman, that wasn't love. He was, like, really hardcore with her. And you know what she said? I'm not getting caught up in emotion. I want something from you. And whatever it takes me to get hurt my feelings, just give me what I want. You can package it in any kind of offense you want to package it. I'm walking away with why I came to you. Today's church, y'all not healed because y'all don't like the person. You don't like what I said. I'm too strong. You don't want me to lay hands. Y'all won't come over to No, no. Because you, you don't want what you want. You want to alter people to your suffering. Pity is your purpose more than anything else. Because when you really want something, they can't hurt your feelings. You in an emergency room, you bleed, and the woman is like, don't bleed on the floor. Get over there and sit down, and we'll be with you shortly. You just drag yourself on over. Because you came for something. You're looking for something. And they were looking for something in somebody. I got a. Oh, come on, girl. Oh, 
But today's church can't do it. Now, Jesus told you how to, how to recognize it, which means the prophets leading up to there, the priests and all of that, they were teaching leading up to that, made sure they understood, they profiled the Messiah for them. So that he could be discernible and recognizable. They didn't just profile his act, because by the time they were looking for him, he didn't have a great resume of act. But they profiled his, his communication. We found him a full Moses and the law and the prophets said. Yes. Well, you won't meet Jesus because y'all don't like the law or Moses or the prophets. You understand that you fresh up. You fresh up. We don't believe in the law. The law is done away with. In what world? But I just know that, well, you know, we're not under Moses. We're under Jesus. I don't know. Moses is under Jesus. When Jesus is getting ready to go to the, the, the cross, who shows up? Moses on the mountain. Now, you think about that. If Moses is showing up, he must not have a problem with what Moses did. Moses shows up, and then Elijah shows up. Elijah is the great reformer prophet. He is literally, he shows up to bring the nation back to their God. And God does amazing things. Think about, well, Dr. Pastor, I don't even know if that's in the Bible. Are you kidding me? Elijah disappeared? Did anybody run? Rain down fire. They came with a warrant to arrest him. He rained down fire three times, burnt up the water and the water. <laughs> the last guy said, listen, man of God, let my life be precious to you. Because <laughs> we like, please don't, uh, we already heard when I lost enough men. Well, can you imagine when they had to go and serve, that, serve the papers on this man and he's like, uh. I mean, and those are the things that they didn't edit from my scripture. Because you know, they want to edit things so that they don't have to worry about us believing it. Samuel, all kinds of things. I the camera, and God just put those things in there as samples yes. to let us know if you believe it's for you. Philip, whole evangelistic circuit, no transportation. Riding on the Holy Ghost Express. Yeah. Why did God put them in it? Because he said, I don't want you to be mere mortals. I think about it. Paul kept talking about that. Why are you acting like mere mortals? Why are you thinking? So you, we started in possibility and then goes you can't do. Jesus started, why not? All things are possible for him who believes. Is that right? So we have to change our perspective. Now, we've been taught a lot of this, but we haven't been given the how-to. We've been saying, well, you should be able to. But see, you cannot even get into this until you get your heart right. You got biases. You are not, you exclude yourself. Your heart will excuse you or accuse you. You got biases. You don't like black folk. You don't like white folk. You don't like other folk. Don't sit next to me. And I want you to understand God's not going to turn your switch off because he's not going to empower hatred. He's not going to empower malice. He said that. I'm not going to make you strong. And what did he say about Adam? When Adam fell because of the serpent, what did he say? He said, now the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. 
unless he puts forth his hand to touch the tree of life. And then we end up with dot, dot, dot. The thought of it in God's mind was so horrible, so horrific, he couldn't even say it. And this is the Godhead conferring with each other. So what makes you think that you have to clean up your soul, your heart, your attitude? Because God's not just talking about a love walk. He's talking about righteousness. He's talking about truth. He's talking about holiness. Hope. So you want to walk like Satan and will God's power. That's not going to happen. You want to walk like fallen humanity and will God's supernality. That's not going to happen. So if you decide you walk this, you're going to have to start dealing with your stuff. That's why the gutting is important. You have to go to God and say, gut me and gut me quick too, Jesus. And you're going to have to go. You're going to have to pay back people that you know you robbed. You're going to be a high power. God's not going to make you a high power, and you're a thief, and you're an exploiter, and you are a manipulator, and you're an abuser. He's not going to do that. See, before you started reading this, and you all said, but that's just legalistic. No, it isn't. It's practical. But because you think that everything about God is literary and theoretical, you don't comprehend that it's genetic, that it's technological, that it's biological, biogenic. It is all of that because it's in people. Once it comes off the books and gets in people, it's now under human domain, human government, or who the individual is. Last one here is triumph. I only have a few more minutes, but I thought you might appreciate this. And uh, the final one, so you can take your pictures now. Sovereignty. God has got to have the final say. He's got to have the final say, the final sway. And right now, we've been taught to argue with him. We've been taught to dispute him. We've been taught to lie to him. We've been taught to rebel against him. You cannot, I'm not going to trust you with his power like that. You are going to have to believe God when it hurts. Because let me tell you something, God won't believe. Listen, Satan did not believe Job was really sincere with God until he was hurt. And he still hung on to his righteousness. See, God has more than you. He doesn't care about your prayer closet as, as the only, only measure. He doesn't do that. God wants the world to know, this is mine. Did you see my servant, Job? There's nothing like it in all the earth. See, we all caught up in Job's patience. And it's a good teaching. But see, isn't that just like flesh, just to keep you locked in, in, in the innocuous, the aesthetic, the intangible, not letting you move over into the power, the potency? Always going to talk you out of that. So here we are. He, he, you see my service? Satan, yeah, yeah, well, you know, but he, come on. He, he, don't love you he loves you because you gave him He loves you because you made him powerful. You understand that God has a whole creation that he has to prove and make who verify that his choice of you was right and that you are genuine in your service to him and that you are untemptable, can't be bought, can't be bribed, can't even be threatened. So when you get out there and those kind of things, they're going to come and say, we're going to do this, that, and the other. What you going to do? Well, we're going to do this to your family, blah, blah, blah. What are you going to do? Well, if you're a, a apocalyptic left, you have options. You have weapons 
the world knows better. But they don't come because you say, God, I should be the one. They don't come because you say, well, Lord, I love you too. Well, Lord, God, God's got people who love him, and I mean love him, probably love him more than you do. But they don't have his strength. They don't have his best interest at heart. They love him when? Love him, but they love him in the event of. This is serious stuff because what God has released, I'm telling you, when we get to Monday, we're going to talk about what some of those things actually look like, how they function, how they serve, how they show up, what activation means. And, and, and some of us is going to be just activation of those abilities so that we can, we can exercise God's authority and dominion in specified situations. Others is going to, that activation is going to go all the way to being changed physiologically so that you don't just exercise it, you exude it. Jesus exuded power. Paul, uh, excuse me, Peter's shadow was a product of him exuding the potencies that were in so there. So there's a wide spectrum. Don't think we're all just going to get this click, 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 and we're all going to be the same, because we like that. We like to think that. We're all going to say, no, no, no. There are certain people that God knows can, will, will, will be tempted to sin or turned into something else if he gives them too much. So he's just going to give you just enough to handle your world, your spirit. You're just going to have dominance. Your potency will dominate. But that doesn't mean that it's aggregate. It's not going to be everything. So, and, and again, it has to do with what you're willing to give up, what you're willing to suffer, what you're willing to do. Because you know, all of us, you know, Apostle Ash and I talk about it all the time. You will name one superhero movie where it disappointed. Right. Loss of mom, loss of dad, loss of family, loss of, you know, wealth. Then it, you know, beat up, beat down, beat up, beat down, beat up, beat down, driven underground, and all of that. Why? Because that's the universal way of the Almighty. There are certain things that are universal, and that's one of them. Before honor is humility, after you've suffered a while. That's universal. That thing started in heaven. Devils have to bid for what they want God to God wants them to do. They have to, they have to apply. Who's going to go up and trick Ahab so I can kill him? All the Christ first. <laughs> they said one spirit said I'll do this Another spirit I said I They had to bid They had to apply for the assignment To be an assassin you had, They had to apply And one spirit stepped up and said I, I got it, I'll do it Jesus said well, What are you going to do? He's going to be a lying spirit in the mouth of all of his prophets So he would get a false prophecy That turned out to be an assassinating word, he would be killed. He's a king. Nobody on earth could do it because he's a he's a boss. So heaven had to come down and handle. But see, this is a sovereign consciousness of God. We want to talk about being kings and priests unto the Lord, and we think like peasants. And we think like victims. We're subject to the world. That's what Paul, Paul's whole 
when you read, when you based on the things that I've shared with you and have been sharing, when you read Second Corinthians and he talks about all things are yours and when you're supposed to be his king, he's talking about the material in you, the equipment in you, the new creation parts that is that are in you, the measure of the Holy Ghost in you automatically elevated you, but you keep going back to the hood. To be with your hood friends. Well, I've got Paul Price first. So you want to go slumming. You want to go clubbing. You want to go orgying. With all of that, it's not just royal equipment, royal potential. If it was just that, no. With the sovereign royal, with the heaven, supernal royal equipment, you want to go and I just need to have a boyfriend. I just need to have me a girlfriend. You know, man got needs. And who just said supplying those needs? God does not do fornication, so Satan is supplying your needs. So how is God going to use you and trust you to go against it? God doesn't do adultery, so who you think you're doing? God's not a thief. He's not a liar, so who you know? What did he say? He said it will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his fathers. And he had hundreds. So when you think about it, you want to, when you start, because there are a lot of y'all going to say, well, I was good at too, and I was activated too. You're doing no more than what you did beforehand. Praying hope. When you're in a high seat, your hope is higher than whether or not your words succeed. What did he say in Ezekiel? He said, yeah, but they prophesied and hope the word will come back. The difference between me and a lot of other people who have been trying to get this out is not that they weren't correct but that they didn't hear it. I can explain it and justify it. And I do it differently. You don't have to leave scripture to fulfill the word of God on your life. Amen. You don't have to dodge the Holy Ghost. Some of you all, your daily conversation is trashy. And so you think that bitter and sweet water will produce the will of God? Your daily conversation. You get mad at the supermarket, going to call them all kinds of names. I better not ever know you did. If you're in the seat of a party, I will sit you down in a minute. You will not discredit my mantle. I want you to understand that. I'm not going to let you go out. If I notice what you do, you need to say, okay, uh, Dr. Price, <laughs> hallelujah. I'm going to finish this because I only have a few minutes. <laughs> so we're going to move. When we get back together, we're going to talk about gift versus office so you understand what this well, actually was going to be part of next week. You, you'll understand what it means for you to be the, the selected elect, chosen elect. Because, see, we're all corporately elect, just like we're all corporately royal priesthoods. We're all corporately the, the generation, the one generation of Christ. Most people don't even know that holy nation. We're all corporately the nation of Jesus Christ because we have this divine nature indwelling us. So you didn't know, know why you are a nation. We're a nation because nat- nations come from the nature of the progenitor. Okay. We, can, we can't even have good discussions with, with anybody. You know, so we are the royal priesthood. Why are we the holy nation? Because Jesus Christ is the progenitor. He's only heaven-to-earth progenitor of our population. That's what we are. So when you need to understand that. You don't know that. You didn't know why you were a holy nation. You just took my word for it. And God bless you. Thank you. 
but I need you to pass it on. So wisdom and intelligence allows you to pass it on. Enthusiasm lets you receive it and accept it. So we're going to look at this and we're going to talk about when it comes to prophecy, the gift versus the office distinction matters. Is that good? So if you're going to move into the thing that I'm discussing you, you have to be more than a gift. Because gifts are self-willed and self-driven. If I feel like singing, if I feel like serving, if I feel like it, office is not. Office, you have a, a, literally, you have a constitution, you have an institution, and you have a criteria. This is how you're going to do this job. And when you do it contrary to what they say, they usually relieve your duty. Isn't that wonderful to know? The gift is the individual's domain. The office belongs to the institution because Institutions have offices. Individuals have gifts and talents. Is this clear? So this is what's been wrong, which has been frustrating us about the prophetic. Because we have all of these gifters trying to legislate, trying to draft policy and police as if they have an institution backing. You know, we have, I hear all the time, well, you didn't make me a prophet. No, I did not. But also, nobody did. Listen, the company didn't make you a clerk, but it didn't hire you. And you were a clerk potential until somebody picked you up. Okay? So nobody knew whether you were a clerk or not, whether you were a good clerk or a bad clerk, whether you were knowledgeable or educated. So I know that, see, that's the gift mentality. The gift mentality is that you didn't give me my gift. You're right. I didn't. No institution can say they gave you their gifts, the gifts you have or the talent, but they do engage them. So I may not have given it to you, but I'm engaging it. And I engage it based on my criteria, not your zeal, not your thrill, not your experience, other than whether or not it fits my office. Anybody hear me? See, this is what, this is what it means to, to roll at the top. At the top, you don't get to play those games. Down here, you, we play those games because you're the citizens, you're the village people. <laughs> you know, you're the village people. You're down here, just, we're just trying to make it. We're trying to grow our food, build our lives, survive every day. That's what we're trying to do. But up there, we have to make sure that it's worthwhile for you to do it because we have to maintain a world, a realm, for you to be able to do that. That's what I meant when I was talking about our country. You can talk all day long about politics. You can talk all day long about religion. You can talk all day long. You can cite your issues and all of that, but I want you to understand it's because we have an America that you can do so. Because when it's not around, you don't have a say and nobody cares. They're going to tell you what to say. They're going to tell you how to think and how to feel. So if you're pre- and what they call liberty to the state. What we call liberty is a liberty and justice for all, for every individual citizen. What they call liberty is the liberty or the right to, to order you around and abuse you, deprive you as a citizen. So you have to decide what kind of citizenship you're going to want come January. That's what you're going to have to decide. Because this is either going to be the beginning of a brand new, end of the last election you'll ever have. Now, they'll say, no, they're going to have a next Monday night. 
No, they're not. You know how them people have elections in those third world countries? They bring people in there. They let them put in a little wooden box and then tell them not to deny the exercise of utility. But no, you're not. Now, I don't know. I don't know how much greater ours is or isn't, but we do know that we have a, right now, we, have a, we are in a destiny window, and we need a fighting chance. That is one of the reasons why I have been excited about the African Americans that are leaving the foolishness of the Democratic Party. That, I mean, they're, they're leaving it because they're like, wait a minute, y'all have suckered us enough. But I mean, they tell you that they don't like us. That's what got me. I said, but they tell you they don't like us. They say they don't. They don't like what we do or what we stand for. And yet we are like little blind puppets. We like mice after the pot cipher. And I'm excited that there are mice that said, I ain't going after that tune. I'm done with that tune. Because I want you to know, this is not just about your opinions right now. This is not just about what you feel, what you like, or what you don't like. This is 100% about your posterity. What kind of country? will your grandchildren and your great-great-grandchildren have? Because the people who are trying to take us out, they're doing it for their posterity. Hey, we're running out of time. Can you believe it? We're running out of time. I hope you were blessed. If you were blessed, then share, 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 and, well, share some more. And if you were really blessed, look on your screen, sow seeds. You know, I keep asking you to sow seeds, and I ask you because, see, you want to be a part of this future, but in God's realm, whatever you get spiritually, you are supposed to sow into materially. Why? Because you want to materialize what you just got spiritually. And so you need to sow in for a harvest. I don't, I'm not going to fight people about money. I'm really good at that. But I'm here to tell you, like Paul, but if you want God to do something in a thing nearest and dearest to your heart, you're reluctant. Some of you are reluctant to share. Now, I've got some good seeds from you all. I bless you. I release your harvest. On that harvest, I give you healing. Whoever it is that's struggling with arthritis, I command the spirit of arthritis to leave your body. I'm getting you off all of that medication. You do need to get up and walk, but that is what God is saying. There's someone who has got, got a, a diagnosis of a heart murmur. I command that heart to be made whole in Jesus' name. I'm talking about some woman with some uh, you have issues with your, your tubes, with your fallopian tubes, and you have issues with your period. I'm telling you, I, like the woman at the well, I say dry up by the Holy Spirit and be healed. But you need to stop. When people don't realize that when people, when Jesus healed people, he said take an offering to the priest. He told them. Why? Because you had to let them know that Jesus brought you out of that trauma, brought you out of that situation. So your, that was an exchange. In exchange for his healing, you needed to finance his institution. And so I do need you to do it. We're trying to get, raise enough money to um, take our second season of taking it on. I need you to help. I've helped you. I need you to help me because that Bible is reciprocal. So sow a seed. Sow it on whatever they have up there. They tell me I got a lot of stuff up there. But I want you to sow because it makes a statement in the spirit realm. It makes a statement to darkness, and it makes a statement to life. Someone said to me once, and it just broke my heart. I know I'm over a little bit, but you need to hear this. It broke my heart. Someone said to me, you know, Dr. Price, people don't buy Christian stuff anymore. They're not putting money in the church any longer. Are you kidding? You're letting Satan bankrupt God's kingdom, bankrupt his institution, and you're still dying for what he's done? 
understand that you're, you're, it's our job. It is the family's job to work in the business and to prosper our father's business. That is our duty, and you're wondering why God won't pay the kids college tuition? Why won't God pay my kids college? My kid had to leave college. He had to go in debt, debt loans, because it's our job to enrich this man's kingdom. Because remember, Adam sold it to God's adversary. And so you want God to bring something in your life out of a bankrupt treasure. Come on, people. Let's be adults in the kingdom of God. Let's be adult children. Let's leave adolescence behind. I love you dearly. I know you probably don't think I do because I got a little tough with you right there. But you know what? Y'all know I'm right. You know that if you don't, if you don't enrich God's house, Satan's going to give all of the wealth of the world to his darkness, to his children, to wickedness. That is what they're doing. That's why you, you witches come up. We got all of this money. You go in there, you buy all of their jewelry. You buy all of their stuff. You don't even realize it. And you're putting money in the coffers for them to fight your God. Let's rethink some things. God bless you. See you Sunday at the Congregation of the Mighty where God stands. Have a great weekend. <laughs> Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.